welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have Christine Gershom sharing a word with us today on building our walls yet opening our gates. In a world that has scarred by a viral outbreak and social distancing, all of us have found ourselves in some sort of bubble or the other. It may be time for us to gently ease the gates of our lives open and let God bring in those he has ordained for us to meet. We invite you to quieten your hearts and prayerfully listen to what God has to speak to you today. Hi church, it's such a joy to bring God's word to you today. As you know, we just finished an entire series called All the Fields and we discussed and looked deeper at ourselves at where our emotions have gotten the better of us and I don't know about you but as a teaching team I know that um it was like you know doing heart surgery we had to look closer at ourselves we had to expose uh, the parts that needed help to the lord we had to really confront our weaknesses and it it was a good season it was really good for us and this past week as i was meditating on god's word this is um the verse that um he gave me and that i'm going to be teaching from and even as we look at it can i just ask that you would really um you know press in to what the holy spirit has to say to you today we're reading from isaiah chapter 26 verses 1 and 2 and this is what it says in that day this song will be sung in the land of judah we have a strong city he sets up salvation as walls and bulwarks open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in as i was reading this verse as i meditated on it i felt like god was saying tell the church that they can continue to build their walls but they need to open up the gates and that's what i've titled today's sermon that you may build the wall but open the gates and as we look at um you know the rest of the passages today and as we meditate on this i want you to have that at the forefront of your mind build your walls but open your gates what does this mean what does this look like well walls are good All of us who live in homes know that the walls are what protect us from the elements they keep us safe from you know creepy crawlies and insects and people uh, they protect us you know rain or, or shine they're so important walls are good look at it figuratively walls are very good because if we don't have boundaries in our lives people tend to overrun it situations tend to you know crop in from all directions Maybe you have faced uh, situations in your life, misunderstanding, hurt, trauma, breakdowns, um, you know, a complete disregard for personal space. And maybe because of that, you have erected walls in your life. But here's the thing. God loves walls. He, in fact, advocates the building of walls. He actually encouraged the making of boundaries we saw that in the history of israel that there were boundaries that he marked out so that they each tribe knew where they were contained he placed it on nehemiah's heart to actually go and rebuild the broken down walls of jerusalem because he kept telling him your people are completely in shambles they are open to uh, you know the disrepute and the and the mocking of other nations go and rebuild the walls so walls are important to our god he definitely um advocates the building of walls but i also believe that our god expects us to lay gates into those walls what does that look like when nehemiah and his people began to rebuild the walls of jerusalem they ma- made sure that every gate 
was installed as well. There were people who worked on installing the gate. The gate usually would have, uh, you know, a lot of um, metal and brick mixed in. They would have large doors with, you know, um, with on on the hinges. And and if you watch these period dramas, you know that the big door has a smaller door through which, you know, in the night people could enter. And this was a very important part of the process. Walls without gates confine a place, make it, imagine a, a complete huge fortification with no doors, with no gates. That's a prison. And so walls are great, but there is a problem if those walls don't have gates. Reason being without gates, the people inside are cut off. They live in a little bubble. They have no connection with the outside world. They're self-contained. They may become capable of handling themselves, but after a point, they have no clue what's happening beyond the walls. And maybe your life looks like that. Maybe in the pandemic, you cut off people well because of social distancing. Good reason, good enough reason. But now we are out of that. We're in a new season. And maybe you've continued with that culture you built for yourself. Maybe it's all about yourself. Maybe you've just contained you and your family and you're like, this is us. Or maybe it's you and your children. Maybe you, it's you and your spouse. Maybe it's just you alone. Maybe you've got into a rhythm of just doing things, being online. You know, the way things are going, e-commerce doing so well. We don't need to step out of our house for anything. Everything comes here. Everything comes to the doorstep. We don't need to step out. And I want to ask you, have your gates had a big lock on them? Have you completely gotten locked off and cut off from the rest of the world? Are you in a bubble that you have created for yourself? That's my question for you. And if that is you, this word is just for you. Maybe you had a legitimate breakdown of a relationship. Maybe you had a, a genuine misunderstanding that caused you to become wary of everyone. But today I believe God is saying, I want you to open up the gate, build your walls, protect your heart, protect your mind, protect your family. That's okay. But open the gates. I sometimes, you know, when I was growing up, I remember being quite a loner. I, I enjoyed my times alone. I enjoyed being alone. I didn't need to always have people around me. But this verse really got my attention and I hope that it does something to you like it did to me. Isaiah 27 verses 10 to 11, it says this, For the fortified city is solitary, a habitation deserted and forsaken. Like the wilderness, there the calf grazes. There it lies down and strips its branches. When its boughs are dry, they are broken. Women come and make a fire of them. For this is a people without discernment. Therefore, he who made them will not have compassion on them. He who formed them will show them no favor. And here's the thing. The word for fortified in this passage, the word for fortified is actually the word that means inaccessible or cut off. So let's read it with that word in it. For the inaccessible city is solitary, a habitat, habitation, deserted and forsaken. Or the cut off city is solitary, a habitation deserted and forsaken. What a tragedy when we live our lives cut off, when we are completely walled in, no gates, no accessibility for anyone. We get deserted, abandoned, forsaken. Not by God. We're never forsaken by God. We're never cut off from God. But I believe, but we get cut off from people. 
from life-giving community. And that is what God created us for. We were never created for isolation. We were not created to be islands. We were created for community. We were redeemed. Jesus didn't die just to leave us singly, solely figuring out life on earth. He saved us. He redeemed us. And then pulls us into the family of God, which on earth is the church, the faith community that you find yourself part of. And it's important that we remember that we were created and redeemed for community. We cannot do the Christian life alone. We were not meant to do it. So if you're saying, oh, my life is so hard. I've had so many setbacks and you're sitting all alone, all alone at home and you're moping about it. Can I encourage you to get in touch with a faith community to put your roots down in a local church. You cannot do this alone. You are not meant to do this journey alone. In biblical times, a gate, okay, a, a gate for a city um, was used for many, many things. A gate was where the king sat. Many times he would sit at the gate and give out judgments. He would meet the common man. He would hear the needs of the people. It was at the gate that the prophets would declare the word of God, the word that God gave them. They would go to the city gate and they would announce it from there. A gate also was a place of business and trade because the people from outside the city, bringing their ware, bringing their uh, goods would come through the gate, bring it into the city and do business. A gate was very pivotal when it came to war. Because the gate would have to be cordoned off, have to be sealed so that the enemy can't come in. And if you held off the enemy from actually conquering the gate, your city was safe. If the enemy overran the gate, pushed through and came in, the battle was lost for the city. So the gate was all important. It was so involved in their everyday life. And as I asked God, what does it mean? You build your wall, but you open the gates. It felt like God was saying, people need to come to a place of opening their gates once more so that they actually are accessible to others in the world and in the church. We as a body of Christ sometimes get so self-contained. We just close up and we start looking inwards. How do we grow? How do we do better events? How do we, you know, do uh, better gatherings? How do we have more times of gathering and, and enjoying ourselves? Which is great, which is great, but it's not all important. We need to become a people of God who are ready to look outwardly, who are ready to say, who can I make a connection with? Who can I invite to my table? Who can I invite into my home to have a meal with? Who can I catch up with for coffee just to have a conversation about life? Inaccessibility is dangerous for us as believers. The gate was pivotal to everyday life. It was where business was done. It was where the word of God was declared. It was where people came in and out, where relationships were forged, where communication was encouraged. And so today I want to ask you, what about the gates of your life? Who have you allowed to speak into your life? Do you have genuine men and women from the body of Christ who are mature, who know what they're speaking about, who are in touch with the Lord, who are speaking into your life? Are you someone who has a myriad of business acquaintances? Do you have everyday exchanges with them? But have you, have you gone deeper with them? Do you know a little bit more about their lives? I believe that God is calling us, yes, to build our lives up, to put up those boundaries, to know where we stand, to close the door off to the enemy and his schemes. But he is asking us to open our gates to people. 
He is wanting us to invite others to our table. He is wanting us to have hearts and minds that are open to correction and direction by fellow members of the body of Christ. It's interesting that we live in a season where all of us think we have the answers to everything. Everything is just a click away. I just need to open Google and check. What does this level in my blood mean? What does it mean if my child has low attention span? Everything. Everything you think of, you can Google it, you get the answer. So we think that we are geniuses. We think we know everything. But there is the beauty that is found only in community where I can go to an older woman and actually sit with her and ask her questions and learn off her. This past week, we spent time with um, two, two acquaintances from another country and we were just talking with them. And one of them is a mother for 25 years. And I just got to gain, gain so much of knowledge just talking to her. I asked her questions about how she uh, managed travel and her family, how she brought up her children. And it was so edifying for me. I felt like God was speaking to me through her. We need to start opening up our gates so that people can actually speak into our lives. People who know the Lord and love the Lord. We need to open up our tables at home to invite people to that table, not with the intention to, you know, stuff religion down their throat. No, not at all. It's just to share our lives with others. We become so self-contained. Sorry to say we become very selfish. We become so self-preservative. But God is calling us into a time where he says, it's good. I love the walls you've built. It's protecting you and your family. But open up the gates. We are so intent on personal upkeep. We're talking about self-care. The hashtag self-care does so well. The hashtag self-love does even better. And the beautiful thing is, yes, we must love ourselves. We must protect our heart at all costs. We must care for our soul. But we cannot sacrifice relationships. We cannot sacrifice being there for other people. We cannot sacrifice doing good on the altar of self-preservation and self-care. The enemy has, you know, when you look at the past three years, he's done a number on us. He's done a number on the church or so he thinks. He's isolated us. He put us into bubbles. He made clicks. He caused so much fear with transmission of a disease that everyone kind of went into their own shells. And to get back into the rhythms of communities become harder and harder. But we have an edge on us. We have a God who walked in community with for three years. He knew the power of community. Was it a perfect community? Not at all. By, by no means was it perfect. But he chose to invest in people. And that's how the gospel spread around the world. And so today I want you to come to this place of saying, yes, Something happened, something changed. I've just look, started looking inwards, but I'm ready to open the gates. Can you, can you say that, that you would open the gates of your life one more time? Now I have to give you a heads up when I say this. When I say open the gates, I'm not saying that you go back to that one toxic relationship. I'm not saying that you indulge in things that you clearly should stay away from. When God closes some doors, those are not meant to be opened again. So don't go down this path of saying, oh, this is probably the word to restart that relationship that someone told me to end. Well, if that ended, leave it be. We're talking about a different thing here. We're talking about legitimate God honoring strategic relationships that God places in our life. So how do we practically 
open the gates. You may say, well, it sounds great on paper. It sounds great to build walls and open the gates. But what does it look like to actually open the gates of our life? And I believe that each of us as believers in Jesus, as lovers of Jesus, have two kinds of gates that we must open up compulsorily. There's really no options on this. The first is that we need to open our gates to the people of God. And the second is that we need to open our gates to the people of the world. Now, you may say, well, that sounds like, you know, uh, that's a mutually inclusive set. This is everybody everywhere. Let me explain that a little bit more in a few minutes. But these are the two things. We open our gates to the people of God and we must open our gates to the people of the world. So what does this look like to open up our gates to the people of God. And I'm talking about the people in the body of Christ. It could be your church community, it could be your faith community, it could be fellow believers from around the world, whoever you meet. This is what Philippians chapter 2 says. Let's read it. Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 to 6. Look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the anointed one. You are filled to overflowing with his comforting love. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender affection and mercy. Be free from pride-filled opinions for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the Anointed One, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. So when you look at this passage, Paul is telling us this is how a community operates. This is how fellow believers operate with each other. And it's it's almost like, you know, a tech writer. He says, these are the things you must do. And, and I find that the, the longer I've been a Christian, that it's not really about following it line by line, but it's really allowing the Holy Spirit whose goal for the church is unity to allow him to shape every relationship, for him to allow to him to allow him to shape every uh, conversation, to allow him to shape what relationship will become important to you. Because on our own, from experience, I'll tell you this, when I opened the gates on my own, I've allowed in a person who is actually toxic to me. On my own, I've allowed in people who've railroaded me, who've never listened to my opinion, who didn't care for what I thought. But God is bringing me to a place now where he says, let me lead your friendships. Let me open the gate to the one that I want in your life. And it's been amazing. It's been amazing to see how within our church community, there's such beautiful friendships being forged. And these are friendships that the Holy Spirit himself orchestrates and brings into position. But it requires that I let down my guard. I let down the drawbridge and say, Lord, I'm ready for this friendship. I'm ready to host this person. I'm ready to meet this person outside of church and get to know them. From this passage, we see that we need to be thinking of ourselves as we should. Let's not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. That's what the Bible says. We need to be humble. That's one way of keeping this gate open. Sometimes we think we deserve better and better and then we end up being all alone. We need to think of ourselves as we ought. We need to go deeper. 
do I genuinely talk to people with the intention of getting to know them better? Or do I just do this as a formality? I have a chai in my hand. I have to have something, some conversation. So I just say something. Am I willing to go deeper with those I meet in the body of Christ? Am I willing to go further? Sometimes when we're speaking to somebody in church, we find that they have a need that you can actually meet. They actually say, I'm looking for a job and you're the HR in your company and you're thinking I could probably help them. Why not go deeper? Why not go the extra mile for someone in the body of Christ? We've seen this happen again and again where people genuinely care for another family, where they've genuinely cared for someone else and gone the extra mile. And it's been beautiful how God works those things out, where he knits together the fabric of unity through those instances. Another thing is that we need to think of ourselves less. This is not thinking of less of ourselves. That's not what, what this involves. This means thinking of ourselves a little less than we usually do, which means, you know, every single day is driven by thoughts of what I need to do, what my family needs, what my husband needs, what my, my home needs. It's been come down to what our dog needs. But maybe we need to take a step back and say, Lord, what do you need me to do for this person? Drop someone into my spirit who I need to go and talk with, who I need to call up and check on. Maybe there's someone who's really lonely tonight. Can we invite them home? While we have family dinner, why not call them over? It's so important that we open our gates to fellow members of the body of Christ. You don't know what their struggle is. You don't need to know everything. But you need to be willing to let down that drawbridge and let them come in. Without that, we'll be completely cut off. It's very easy, in fact, to live life just cut off and inaccessible. It's, it's very possible. It's, it's doable. But does that bear fruit in our lives? It does not. Where you saved to be in isolation, you were not. Where you redeemed, where you bought by the precious blood of the Lamb. To be alone, to be alone, loner Christian, to be a lone wolf Christian, I don't think so. We were saved so that then we are placed into the family of God and together with the rest of the family, we are growing into the likeness of Christ himself. That is the beauty of this journey. You're not meant to do it alone. So let me repeat that. When you open the gates to people of the body of Christ, to your church family, to people that you meet at church, people that you meet who are believers from around the globe, around the country, think of yourselves as you should. Don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Go deeper. Get to know them. Ask insightful questions. Be prepared to hear answers that you didn't even anticipate. Be genuinely interested. Go further. Can you help them? Can you connect them to someone who could help them? Do that. Think of yourself a little less. We live in times where you see sometimes on our Instagram, we see posts which are boosted posts or promoted posts because, well, the, the owner of the small business wants that post to go viral, wants, wants them, you know, to have a wider reach. We boost it, we promote it, you know, pay a little extra money. YouTube does that. It's, it's common. And sometimes as Christians, we think that we need to be promoted more when in reality, the gospel is so upside down. He says, think of yourselves less, think more of others. And in another translation talks about don't be self, don't have selfish ambition. So it's so important for us that the way we open the gate to fellow followers of Jesus, to the people of God, is when we really choose to promote unity, to promote love, to keep Jesus at the center of these relationships. The second type of gate that we need to keep open is the gate open to the people of the world. 
Now, when I say people of the world, you may live here, right here in, in India in a small little city or a big city. And you're probably thinking, well, how, is she asking me to know everybody who lives in Timbuktu around the world? That's not what I'm saying. When I say people of the world, it's people in your world. You have a world that God has created around you. It's probably your work, your home, your neighborhood, um, certain friendships that you have outside of work. It could be your family, your, your family circles. That becomes your world. The people who help you at home, the people who drive you around, your, your Uber driver, it could be, that's your world. And every day, each of us are encountering someone from the world, someone who God strategically places in our path. Nothing is an accident. Nothing is an accident. That's what I'm finding. The, the driver who comes to take us probably to the airport, strategically placed. The vegetable vendor who comes to your doorstep, strategically placed. The tuition teacher who helps your children, strategically placed. That business um, connection, the client that you work for, strategically placed. That person who lives down the street, who you smile at every day but don't have much to say to, strategically placed. Nothing is a coincidence once you're a believer of Jesus. He plans everything to a T and I love that. So if he's so strategic, I need to be strategic when I open those gates to the people in my world. And here's why. Philippians chapter 2 verses 14 to 16, this is what it says. Live a cheerful life without complaining or division amongst yourselves. For then you will be seen as innocent, faultless and pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. For you will appear among them as shining lights in the universe, holding out the words of eternal life. I haven't labored among you for nothing, for your lives are the fruit of my ministry and will be my glorious boast at the unveiling of Christ. I want you to look at this part very clearly. It says, live a cheerful life without complaining or division amongst yourselves, for then you will be seen as innocent, faultless and pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. You will appear among them as shining lights in the universe. So whenever I travel, if, I'm, if you're taking a night flight, I like looking out of the window at all the lights of the city below us as it fades, as we, you know, get taken up. But interestingly, this time I was looking a lot at the, the lights on the runway. And the lights on the runway are not reflector lights. They are actually bright blue lights, but they're really small and they're really powerful. Now, these lights are lined up to mark the runway so that the pilots know where they need to land when they're coming close to the uh, strip. And it was interesting that every single light was in working condition. I'm sure people are checking it, making sure, because even if one is dark, there is an exposed area of darkness there then. And the, the pilot could misunderstand what he's looking at. So every light along the strip Every little light, it's small, it looks insignificant, but it makes plays such a vital role. And it, I couldn't help thinking about us. Right where you are placed in your home, you're working from home or you're going into office or you're a student, you're, you're a person who freelances, whatever your life looks like. Maybe you're a homemaker, it doesn't matter. You are a light right there and your light is important. Your light is meant to shine. So often, we are content to let the light dim because we're like, who's looking at us? No one's learning off me. I'm solo project here. I'm okay. 
And then we start to merge in with the world that we live in. We make compromises in our work. We have no business ethics. We actually just kind of cruise through on autopilot thinking, you know what, this is my life. Who's watching? No one's watching. But here's the very real deal that when you, the only way we can open our gates to the people of the world is when we are content to live a life that pleases God. When we're ready to live a life that pleases God, it won't be easy. Making choices that are God honoring sometimes feels hard because it's easier to do the thing that makes us happy. But when I choose to please God, it requires a conscious decision. It requires me to actually step away from certain old ways of doing things. And that is a decision you must make. You may say, how do I open these gates to the people of my world? How do I do it? Well, it's easy. Live contentedly. Do what is right. Aim to please God in the small and the large things. And the beautiful thing is, he says that you will be seen as children of God. You will be shining lights in a dark world. Light doesn't have language. It just displays itself. It's just there. It displays, it reveals, it demonstrates. That's the beauty of your life. There may be, you may think I need to tell 2000 words to this person to convince them about my faith. Sometimes your life is more powerful than five words you could speak. Does that mean that you don't speak at all? No, absolutely not. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. He will give you words to speak that will encourage someone. That will build them up. That will be so timely that you could have never planned it. And that's how we keep the gates open to those of the world. Being a light requires that we do everything without complaint. I remember the time I used to work in in a corporate office. And when I think about it now, I was not the best uh, witness. I was not the best shining light because... The workload, when it increases dramatically closer to the weekend, I used to be the first to complain. I'd be like, oh gosh, you know, I live for the weekend. And when I read this, I thought, well, you know what? I kind of failed at that point because it says do everything without complaining, without grumbling. The second thing he says is to live in unity. How we live as believers, fellow believers, do we get along with each other? Can we look past our differences at what unites us and live joyfully? Those are the things which will attract others from our world into the gate of our lives. It's very important. And it also says here that you would live in a way that pleases God. Sometimes we think that we need to, you know, have a clear articulation of our gospel to explain it to someone. But what if the upright way in which you run your business is the segue into the greatest conversation about your faith? What if, It's the incredibly kind way you treat your employees that opens up deeper connections with people. What if it's the way you steward your marriage in a watching world where people don't value marriage anymore, where they look at living in as a better option? What if you steward your marriage so well that attracts people to the concept of a godly marriage? What if you're bringing up your children so intentionally with so much of prayer that it draws other parents to you to ask them, what are you doing that's so different? Your kids seem different. You seem different. It's really how we live. If you want to have open gates, you need to be able to do these things. And it, it comes down to intentionality. It comes down to choosing every single day that, Lord, I am going to be ready to live like a shining light for the people in my neighborhood. I'm going to be a shining light at work. Help me. 
help me it's so easy to get into a gray area it's so easy to make the wrong choice it's so easy to scream at this person who's not delivering what i need but will i choose to go the extra mile and show kindness will i show them compassion will i be humble those are the things which keep the gates open with the people of the world the interesting thing that jesus teaches about light is he says you don't light a lamp and put it under a basket no you place it on a table so that everyone in the room gets light a city on a hill cannot be hidden you and i have been called to be the light which means that you can no longer be content to slip into a pocket of culture and dwell there god didn't set you apart he didn't call you he didn't redeem you to be a muse- museum artifact that is not why he saved you and me he saved us to be the salt and the light which means we are out there we are in the world but we're not off it we are in culture but we're not allowing culture to drive our lives we understand the trends but the trends don't shape our direction of life it doesn't shape our goals we do have ambitions which are healthy and god ordained we have dreams and desires but it will not be to the exception of everything else i will not stamp on everyone in my way to get to my destination i will run the race with authenticity with integrity those are the decisions we need to make in order that we can open the gates of our lives to the people of god and the people of our world let us not think that we can merge into culture merge into the world become one with everyone else and still be all of this we cannot it's a call to stand out it's a call to build your walls and to open your gates and i believe as i close i want to leave this with you the greatest tragedy is an inaccessible christian you and i were not meant to be christians at home you and i cannot say i meet jesus in the quietness of my home and that's good enough for me if you are meeting jesus in the quietness of your home praise god for that that is amazing but what that must do it should translate into you opening the gates of your life with the help of this jesus that you meet with and say lord i'm welcoming people in i'm going to meet other believers i'm going to learn off them i want to share my story so it blesses someone else i also lord with your help want to open my door to the people of my world that fish lady the lady who sells me fish i'm going to have a genuine conversation with her the lady who clears my garbage i want to know a little bit more about her it just takes 5 minutes of our time to actually open the gates up and say i'm ready to hear lord what you have for me i'm ready to see how i can help someone else greatest tragedy is an inaccessible christian a christian who's cordoned off who lives within walls of self preservation of self promotion a christian who says i've been so traumatized and hurt i can't let anyone in that could be the greatest tragedy god is calling you into healing he's asking you to trust him i love the passion translation in the new testament they talk about the anointed one jesus the anointed one now lives in you you are anointed you are filled in order that you can open those gates up with confidence knowing that he has orchestrated those relationships for you he is strategically placing relationships in your life for your good and for their good so don't close off your lives don't cordon yourself off instead open yourself up to him allow him to open the gates once more in your life don't reopen gates that were long shut by god himself but be ready to open those gates to allow people back in where you can meet them they can meet you it could be across your dining table it could be in your living room it could be at the gym 
It could be at the museum that you're visiting. It could be anywhere. Will you open up your gates? He didn't save you. God didn't save you to set yourself as an artifact. Remember that. You were called to be the salt and the light. You cannot do that alone. To be the salt and the light, you need to be in relationship. You need to be in community. So as I pray, I want you to look at yourself closely. Have you been an inaccessible Christian? Have you been someone who's saying, I'm so content to do my life at home. This is where I'm living out my Christian beliefs and that's great. But God is calling you into community. He's saying, come back. I want you to open up those gates, remove those padlocks, the ones that you've tightly fixed. Maybe it's, it's past trauma. Maybe it's something a, a parent has put you through. Maybe it's something a spouse has put you through that you just don't feel ready to face the world. You don't feel ready to get back into relationship. But today I want to tell you this. You as a Christian are meant to be accessible. God is placing you in rooms, in boardrooms, in offices, in spaces where he wants you to be a bridge. He wants you to connect with people. You may be the only way they access Jesus. Do you want to lose that chance? I don't think so. So as I pray, I want you to repent. If you've been an inaccessible Christian, I want you to say this quick prayer with me. Father in heaven, forgive me for being an island for being inaccessible to people. I pray that where I've been hurt and bruised and traumatized, that you would heal me and give me the confidence to once more open the gates of my life to you and to your people, to you and to the people that you bring into my life. Help me, Lord. Help me. Father, I just pray right now for anyone who is dealing with with a life that has been completely cordoned off, Lord, someone who's just been so bruised that they say, I can't open myself up again. Father, I pray right now you would fill them with confidence, knowing that you are someone who is so caring and compassionate towards us. I pray that padlocks on people's lives will fall off in Jesus' name. I pray that gates will be once more opened. Homes will once more be opened. Families will once more be opened to looking outside of themselves. I pray genuine love would rise up in people's hearts right now. A love for those in their world, the ones that they meet every day, that they will have a love that translates, Lord, into action. I pray, Lord, that anyone here who is not plugged in to a faith community, into the family of God, I pray that right now they would have a desire to find themselves planted somewhere. I pray that, Lord, they will be willing to put themselves out there, to open themselves up to the deep embrace that the body of Christ offers. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to continue to build walls, but to keep the gates of our lives open so that you can work in us, you can work through us, and you can do in us what only you can do, O Father. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you go through this week, remember this. Build your walls, but open your gates. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.com. Dot in. Remember, 
whoever finds Jesus finds life.